1: consistently attract soulmate clients begin showing up on brand monetizing on your calling welcome all spiritual coaches leaders healers light workers and practitioners to a show that turns you on in your business and amplifies your magnetism I'm host, catalyst, and spiritual business coach, Rosalind Fung, and I'm here to journey with you into the juicy and help you discover where the real gaps are. Ignite your mindset and soul with strategies and systems as each episode takes you to the sweet spot that activates your sorgasmic business. Enjoy this light language activation as we begin to magnetize and
0: monetize.
1: Hello, loves. Welcome, welcome to another incredible episode. This is for you if you've been wanting to start a new podcast and or you have a podcast and you want to grow your audience, uh, this is also for you if you want to get your message out there. Maybe not necessarily through the podcast world, but also through um, the platforms of speaking on live stages, on summits, on other people's podcasts, uh, in your writing and books. So this is also for you if you're like a little bit scared to get your message out there. And uh, we're gonna jam today about how to get courageous, be brave, and share. So before we do that, and I'm gonna before I introduce my amazing new new friend, of course you're not new friend, you're my old friend, and probably from many past lives, Corey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Before I go ahead and introduce Corey, Corey, I just want to have you audience check in. I want to check in with you and ask you how's it been going? It's um, March now of 2022 as we're recording this. It's almost one month away from first quarter. How's your business been going for you? And take an honest look. How has it been going with the goals you set for 2022? Are you on track? Are you feeling like you're not quite meeting those goals yet? And if you are feeling called to to really dive in deeper, um, hire a coach, Please, I want to let you know uh, that we have a Soul Ascension Business Academy here where I am helping my clients who are leaders, light workers, coaches, spiritual preneurs, uh, really changing other people's lives, your impacts hungry. And you also want to be unapologetic about making money. So this is about messaging, marketing magnetizing and monetizing. And so it'll be in the show notes. But if you are feeling called to see what it's like to work with me and my expert coaches that support my clients, I have an award-winning copywriting coach, a social media expert coach, as well as in a clearing coach for my clients in our potent powerful container where you are really ascending your soul, you're aligning with your CEO soul leadership mindset, embodying it, and then implementing the strategies to get your business to that next level inside and out. So you can apply the, and uh, you can also DM me for the application link. On Instagram, it's Bold Sexy Warrior. On Facebook, it's Rosalind Fun Coaching, Bold Sexy Warrior. I can't wait to connect now let's move into our episode I want to welcome back Corey I think this is like your third or fourth time on my show hello Corey so I know you're not a stranger to many uh we just got to really like hang out for a whole uh I want feels like a week but it was been more like four days in total. three or four days. It's been amazing. Uh, Corey is the founder of Blue Talks. If you guys have been following me on social media, you see how I've been traveling to Toronto. I got to MC Blue Talks, which if you're not familiar, you're new to the show, Blue Talks, think about it like if TEDx and Chicken Soup for the Soul had a baby, you would get Blue Talks. Business Life Universe uh, is the acronym. And it's a very incredible community that Corey has built. Uh, I love the community. I love the people. The vibe is incredible. So we just did Blue Talks in Toronto, where I was honored to uh, MC and speak, as well as in Edmonton, I got to co-MC and headline. So I feel so honored. Welcome, Corey.
2: Well, first of all, thank you so much, Rosalind. That was such a generous intro. And yes. Uh, Thank you for having me here. And yeah, it was amazing to get to spend, like you say, roughly four days, if you edit them all up, uh, hanging out together. Also, uh, Blue Talks in a lot of ways. Uh, Shelly, my girlfriend, calls it like a family business. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like your description, an army of love. Uh, But it's it's whatever you want to call it. To me, it's a community of people that are like-minded. And there's nothing quite like spending time in that energy and space. And so being at the event and speaking at the event is one thing, but I think also being in that space and meeting with like-minded people is another thing altogether. And, and I was so stoked to have that, happened for four days. My heart is full. So yes, thank you.
1: So much fun. So much fun. And so those of you who are just tuning in now, you're like, who is this Corey Corey? Let me just share a little bit more professionally about Corey. Um, Like I said, this is probably like your third or fourth time on my podcast slash TV show. And you guys will see his bio on the show notes and everything. So I just want to speak to my heart from my heart in terms of, you know, Corey is a multi-time TEDx speaker and coach. He coaches others to get on branded stages, including Blue Talks, of course. Um, he is a multi-time international best-selling author. Um, all your Blue Talk series. So people, if you want to get your message out there, like you connects with Corey, because you can get on his stage. And there's books, there's a series of books with Blue Talks, co-authored books, and all of them, there are five in total right now?
2: Yeah, so the sixth one is sixth, coming yeah. out in weeks, like I mean, I, I like to say two weeks, but we're in that So
1: same. exciting, so exciting. And they have all made top bestseller internationally. So uh, I'm in two of the books, so that makes me a three time bestselling author because I was one previously with another uh, book called What's Self-Love Got to Do With It? So it's incredible, just again, the community, getting your message out there. And we're going to talk more about that today. But Corey's also interviewed over 6,500 uh, top entrepreneurs in the world, uh, including Les Brown. Actually, I, I've been on a summit because of Corey with Les Brown, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Jack Anfield, which I also got the honor to be on the same platform. And he's interviewed uh, Lisa Nichols, and I have seen video footage of Lisa Nichols and Les Brown sharing with Corey, and it was behind the scenes, uh, that Corey's one of the best interviewers they've ever had the pleasure of being interviewed by. Um, That is a huge compliment. Like, I think it's beyond a compliment. I mean, like, that's just like accolades right there. (laughs) Corey also started podcasting before podcasting was a thing. So this is why I really want um, Corey to come on as well to share about, you know, those because I have been getting um, uh, clients asking about how do I start a podcast? Where do we begin? People in my community. So I'm just like, you know what? I know I have one and i got a TV show. I, you know, and, and the way I go through it is through Om times radio. So that's absolutely one of the ways uh, as we live stream here, radio and TV, through own times, one of the top world's top conscious platforms. It's incredible. I'm going to give a shout out to Christopher, who's the producer founder, he's amazing. Um, but you know, I also want to pick uh, Corey's brain to see uh, what his thoughts are in terms of how to start a podcast. And then of course, you know, not everybody's thing is um, podcasting. So how else can we get our message out there in really amazing ways? So Corey, I'm just going to let you start <laughs> jamming about <laughs> about podcasting and how you got started.
2: So, well, thank you so much, Roslyn. And thanks again for that even uh, more professional bio. And So I'll say first and foremost, you know, when you mentioned how long I've been doing it now, uh, just to put a number on it for people, I think we're approaching 13 years, maybe 14 in that range. And um, what made it different, like you said about podcasting versus uh, pre-podcasting, podcasting existed when I started, but it really wasn't a thing. Like we didn't talk all day about podcasting. Like it wasn't the growing thing it is now. So much so that I was on a different platform that we actually called online radio. And I'm all about positioning. We'll talk about that probably today. Like, just like you said, you shared the bill with Les Brown. You shared the bill with Jack Canfield on your bio. You can also say you spoke at Harvard. Well, Mm -hmm. whenever I started, I actually leveraged the fact that it wasn't podcasting because podcasting wasn't big. And I talked about how we were on satellite radio. So in Mm -hmm. other words, I was able to say to people, we're on online radio and we're in your car dashes through Stitcher satellite radio.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so to me, being able to say "We're, uh, we're actually a radio show back then was huge because either you had a radio show on the traditional radio show channels like FM or AM, or you didn't. And you had nothing, you know, it was either that, or you had something really small. So because it wasn't podcasting, I positioned myself as the guy with the online radio show that you can listen to in your cars. Now, having said that, it, you had to do a few little things to listen to it in your car. It wasn't just as simple as it's on your dash, but yeah. you could legit do it. And, uh, and so having said that uh, positioning is a really big thing to me. And I think the, the world of podcasting let us, lets us position ourselves like never before. For instance, you could get on 15 podcasts that are newer podcasts. You mm-hmm. and I talked about this in the past, but you could do that in the next two weeks and all of a sudden have those logos from those shows to put on your website as an As Seen on banner. And they say that gets you about 70% more credibility. So, you know, mm-hmm. you couldn't do that whenever I started because it would be hard to get on those nine or 10 or 15 or 20 shows. So I know I'm just kind of at this point, just kind of soft diving in and not really having a specific focus, Mm -hmm. but yes, I started back in the day when podcasting wasn't a big thing. It was more so online radio. What that allowed me to do was get interviews with a few people that now, if I was starting fresh, I may not have been able to reach like a Jack Canfield. Jack Mm -hmm. was on, I think our second episode, we didn't even have any listeners. Whenever we convinced Jack to come on the show, like we couldn't even say we have 10 listeners. We couldn't say nothing. Now, I will say one of the things that was good about back then is LinkedIn, you could send one message to your whole LinkedIn network. And so we ended up having about 5,000 listeners on our first episode. So wow. we ended up seeing huge numbers. But my point is when we approached Jack Canfield, we had zero numbers. Mm-hmm. And so this is how this was like the old west of having your own show. I mean, that like I said, I did a little bit of preamble there, but it was like the old, old west of having your own show. And I believe back then, even it was all about how you leveraged yourself. So yes. I'm happy, Roz, to talk about Podcasting strategy, podcasting leverage, whatever direction you want to go, but that's kind of gives people a little bit of a window. Is I wasn't even in iTunes. I don't even know if iTunes was even a thing. I'm not even sure if it existed.
1: I don't know how old iTunes is either. But having my show on Own Times Radio as as, um, as when I started podcasting, I really love it. Like first of all, it's nice to have that support of Christopher, the producer, and just like uh, you know, putting in my show notes to the team, um, and then they just blast out everything. So it's like really hands off. All I got to do is show up, and for me, I love live. As you know, <laughs> I love everything live: live radio, live TV. It's just so much more fun. I think energetically, it just feels exciting that other people are watching right now, and um, and later on, there'll be there'll be a replay. So. I love that radio is still a thing and it's an internet radio as well. Was yours when you first started internet radio, was it like a local radio station?
2: No, it was, it was a really big uh, platform that uh, still exists today. I yeah. think whenever I was starting with them, I think they had like 4 million listeners a month. So mm. now that's, that's the whole platform, of course. Yeah. And it is funny how when, again, all about positioning, right? I know people back then that would say we have, uh, we reach up to 4 million listeners a month. But what they were meaning is the whole network does, which could mm-hmm. have 3,000 mm-hmm. shows, but they were, you, you believe if you hear we're that, that a third yeah. show reached. Eventually. We're not everybody,
1: so not everybody's going to listen to Absolutely. our show.
2: <laughs> but it is funny how people would throw that number up, but really maybe they only had 30 listeners a month, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's all mm-hmm. positioning. But yeah, I was with a really big network. What happened was um, chiropractic, a uh, friend of mine, I'll give her a shout at her name's Dina Churchill from Nova Scotia. She was doing a show on this network, like randomly, like once every, could be once every three months, she'd just do a show randomly. Yeah. And I was like, I love this. And when she showed me, uh, Chris in, in the private chat said, sounds like a certain station. Chris, can I shout at the name of who it is? I don't want to, you know, I'm on a different network here. So I don't know if that's cool, but, um, but yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So he, he guessed it and he was hundred uh, percent correct. It was blog talk radio.
0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: Which still exists, Uh, but it was really big back then, really big. And so this Dina Churchill chiropractor, uh, I said, Dina, I'd love to do a show like this. She goes, oh, come over to my uh, office and I'll show you. And she was really, she had somebody else helping her with it. So she was just like, here's what it looks like in the back end. Can you figure it out? And so it was really early on. And so- Uh, I kind of embraced it dived in but what I did which is different again like everything I did I feel is different than now but I actually hired a producer from day one Mm -hmm. so I was paying a friend of mine Marco who and was learning just like I was. but he was really he did a really good job we had we had a show that had like seven guests and like a stand-up comedy break and music break it was like a variety show amazing
1: yeah
2: we did it every two weeks but it was so much work but I think I, if I remember correctly, I might have paid Marco like eighteen hundred dollars a month back then. Mm-hmm. And so people might say, "Well, how? You know, why would you invest that much in it?" But what we were also doing, which is unique, is we had thirty sponsors on on mm-hmm. day one before we had any listeners. We had thirty sponsors, each paying around three hundred dollars a month. So uh-huh. you can do the quick math. I was able to pay for Marco and have money left over while also building a brand. Now. Yes. It was different because I how I was able to do that is I had a newspaper previous to that, and I had these advertisers in the paper. Well, I told them, look, I'm not going to do the paper anymore. I'm going over to radio. Do you want to come with me? And some of them just said, we trust you, we'll go with you. So they came over. And so for about five years, we had at least 30 sponsors at any given time, and we retained about 80% of the day one sponsors until I decided, hey, we're not going to do this anymore because I want to do just a simple, easy show. And the managing of the sponsorship was just too much work. But Uh Interesting to finish that whole story off is that um, we did that uh, early on and all the stuff I was doing early on, whenever John Lee Dumas came around, which he started Mm -hmm. not long after me with Entrepreneurs on Fire, and John started teaching podcasting to people when podcasting got really big. And what's funny is people that were fans of John and followers of John would say, well, Corey, that's not how you're supposed to do it. John Lee Dumas doesn't teach it that way. So I got on an interview with John and I told him, you know, here's what I'm doing. And everybody says, I'm not doing it the John Lee Dumas way. And he goes, well, that's good. Because he said, nobody was doing it the John Lee Dumas way when I started. You know, and so he said, it's basically you're forging your own path, it's working. Why Mm -hmm. would you throw that out just to do what somebody else is doing? So it is kind of interesting is the guy that kind of created the way that everybody thought was the pattern you're supposed to follow, told me, look, you're breaking the rules and keep on breaking them.
1: Yeah, because it was working for you. I mean, at the end of the day, is it working? And I think that's really important. Wow. By the way, I just want to share with the audience as you're listening, um, we do have a sponsorship spots. Uh, I know you just said it's a lot of work, but for what it looks like um, for me, uh, is that you get your own commercial? So you guys know we have a commercial halfway in. You can have your own commercial on my show, and uh, if that's of interest, you can always DM me commercial, and then we can talk about what that looks like. So just wanted to put that plug in
2: because I've always
1: gay people out there too.
2: 100. <laughs> and I should have even clarified because there are sometimes um, when you say something, it can be even take it like it can be almost thought of in that I'm presenting in a different way. But when I say a lot of work, mine was a bit different than mm-hmm. what you guys would be doing. Guys. What yeah. I was doing back then is I was actually, um, Basically, we would put them on, uh, rotating them on different episodes because you can't do 30 sponsors in one episode. But we would then bring them on as a guest. And part of their sponsorship was a feature on the show. And then we actually would go back to them and make sure we were positioning it properly before we aired it. So we had edited Then oh. We would actually put their logos on when I spoke at live events. Like So our sponsorship was like a full package where we were doing stuff almost every week as part I'm of the sponsorship. So that side is when I say it was so much work. It wasn't actually the running of the ad. That part was the easiest part. It was everything else that went into it. All the
1: production, yeah, Yeah.
2: got it. It's different, right? That's, again, we're going back like whatever that is, 14 or 13 years ago.
1: Yeah, (laughs) very different. Very different. And so now today with your podcast, uh, is it pre-recorded or is it live? It's not live radio anymore. I believe it's pre-recorded, right?
2: Yeah, great question. And yeah, let's and let's even dive into the meat of some of the podcasting stuff because I know you've had some people in your network ask about mm-hmm. the world of podcasting. And so yes, we're pre-recorded, used to be live, but when I when we when I said we had like a variety show with all that guests, that wasn't live. You couldn't manage that live. Like what we did was mm-hmm. and that was why it was so much work. We only ran once every two weeks and we would record all these interviews throughout preparing for it. So I was doing hour-long interviews to use like a 10 minutes part. For this episode. And so yeah. then we couldn't go live. Then, whenever I switched it over to one guest per show, we went live with Blog Talk. And we did see a, a really big, I guess we'll say, bump in listenership because we were live. Mm-hmm. But then, eventually, when I decided to make the transition over iTunes and all the other platforms, I went back to pre-recorded. And I like it much more for me because um, a lot of times I'll bring on a guest who I'm introducing them to interviewing for the first time ever. And yeah. so, with being pre-recorded, there's a take back. Like me, I love being live. When I'm being interviewed, and I love the live format, but I do love the idea that we have that for people that are just nervous. And if I said we're live, they would just like lose their stuff. But yeah. then I see them a year later, and they're doing live interviews all the time, so we kind of helped helped ease them in, if you will. But yeah, yeah. Really
1: well, I always like to say, like one of my, uh, I guess, gifts, and when I'm coaching my clients, is I pop a lot of Facebook Live cherries.
2: <laughs> yeah, <Or And> that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. They're saying the words, but but you can say the words
1: show i can say it (laughs) oh my goodness um and so where like i know there's like places like people there's apps like anchor for example um do you have any thoughts about that like so just for their listeners, Anchor is an uh, a podcast app that you can record things for free. Now, you still need to do your own work on uploading it to all the other podcast platforms uh, like Spotify and Apple iTunes. Uh, and I don't know how to do that. That's why I pay Christopher. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm a hands-off guy. I'm like, I just show up, I do my thing, and then my team does it. <laughs> That's the way I like to roll. But some people like to do it themselves or they might not have the budget to hire people right away. So do you have any thoughts about that, Corey?
2: Well, and that's the key thing. Uh, I think the second part of what you said is probably what happens most of the time is people don't have the budget yet uh, when they're starting to pay somebody to do it for them or even with them. And here's the the catch 22 is that, and and we can dive into this. This is a big rabbit hole to go down this area, but um, about as far as how you actually Make it so that your podcast is getting a return, whether that's Mm -hmm. indirectly or directly, because that's the part everybody struggles with. Lots of people are doing podcasts in their basement, making no money. And then do you spend whatever the number is, $500 or $1,000 a month, have somebody managing it for you if you're not getting any return. So there's one side is how do you actually uh, make a podcast profitable for you? But if we take that off the table for a second, yeah, there's two options. One, you can pay somebody like own times or... Um, you know, or other platforms where you can do that or the other option is do it yourself, which is a little bit tough when you're doing it yourself. um, I'll give you the, the one that I used for the longest time. I've switched since then, but I do, I do actually recommend them all the time. It's called Libsyn L Y B S I N. I think I'd have to type it in or it might be O N, but Libsyn, if you type in L Y for Libsyn, you'll find it even if you spell it a little bit wrong. Uh, so Libsyn, what, um, what Libsyn does, which is why it's so beneficial, even if you're doing it yourself, is basically you go on Libsyn and you, what you have to have is you do your interview. And let's say you turn it into an MP3, not to get it technical anybody, but just MP3 is the format you need to know about. So yeah. let's say you have MP3. What you would do is you go to Libsyn. You type in what you want to show up in your podcast, everything you want to show, and then you upload that episode. So you upload that MP3. Act, and the MP3 has to be done. So polished and done. You upload that in Libsyn. You might type in Roz talks about uh, Akashic Records, and then you mm-hmm. might type in a description. And then if you have it set up this way, what it'll automatically do is it'll, uh, once you pay, uh, say submit, then what it'll do is it'll send it out to mm. Spreaker, to uh, iTunes, to Stitcher, to Blog Talk, if you want to have it set up that way, and iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the places. Right. Um, one thing a lot of people don't know, though, is iTunes, you can't directly go to iTunes and just upload an episode as you go. So with iTunes, it's not an upload source. iTunes actually, you have to create an RRS feed, RSS feed. Again, I don't want to get technical on this because I'm not a technical yeah, I'm person. like, I
1: don't even know what that is.
2: Yeah, and you don't have to know, really know. It's just that when you go on Libsyn and you create your episode, it creates this feed that yeah. iTunes needs to show your episode. So when you find a Libsyn or whatever else, that's who's sending it to iTunes. You mm. can't go on iTunes and send your episode every time together. I don't think most people know that. Ah, iTunes, all iTunes, iTunes does is run your episode once it's done and ready. They just say, okay, thank you for the episode. We'll air it now but they're not doing anything else. And so a Libsyn or uh pod bean, I think is one blue, blueberry is another one. Those are basically hosting sites and you pay uh, with Lib- Libsyn, you pay by how much uh, space you use. So let's say you go on Libsyn, uh, you do an episode every three days, let's say, chances are, you'll be under the small uh, category. And so like, let's say it's $15 a month. So what that does for $15 a month is that allows you to go in, take your mp3 upload the episodes and send them out to all the places that they have to go mm. like home times is doing it for you that's how you would do it if you're doing it on your own but the key thing there is you still have to create the mp3 on your own you still have to edit it you have to polish it all that stuff and you don't want to no. do that
1: oh my god no like personally no some people love to do it or again that might just not be in their budget so yeah Um, thank you so much for that. We're getting some really awesome comments here on the live stream. Hello. I want to give out a shout to Karen, Michelle, Katrina. Hi loves. They're all part of our communities, uh, blue talk communities. So, so great to see you all here. Um, and thank you for your comments. They're saying this is timely as well. Um, and I also want to say like, for me, I like easy. So that's why it's just like, I want to stay in my zona of genius, show up, do the thing, and then have team to support me. Now, I, and again, we, we talked about like, what if you're just starting out and you don't have the the budget? So, so then these are ways in how Corey's sharing uh, that can be feasible for you. Um, but I'm also like, are you doing the things that are income producing? right? Like it might be worth hiring team to support you while you stay in your zone of genius and you're, you're calling more clients in and, and, uh, delivering your, your goods. So you do have to weigh up the pros and cons with this. Um, but I also really love, you know, I just think doing like a, a, a zoom, uh, interview like this, and then, and then zooming into your, let's say Facebook page. Um, And then taking that recording and then put it on your YouTube channel. So what happens after his live stream is my team puts it together um, and and then um, edits it a little bit uh, in terms of like putting putting out. Well, actually, they don't need to do too much other than just upload it because Christopher does everything, actually. (laughs) So (laughs) I just say, yay, I've got many different team members, but it gets hosted on my YouTube channel also gets hosted on own times YouTube channel as well. So there's multiple platforms and then also still pulled the audio and it's on my podcast, uh, on the podcast platforms as well. So I think video is personally the way to go. Uh, I personally love video way more than just audio. Um, that's a preference and that's why I shifted from radio to TV. So, um, do you have any other thoughts before we move into commercial about, about what we're jamming
2: on? Yeah. Uh, so, I guess uh, one thing I would add to that, too, Roz, and, and mm-hmm. maybe we can talk. I mean, I, I don't know uh, how deep we want to go into podcasting, but I'm happy to tell people how they can actually leverage podcasting so it makes sense to do this. Because one key thing you said is, you know, I'd rather focus on income producing things. The yeah. podcast thing can be that for you, but I think it has to be that for you if you're yeah. going to. To use your budget to pay for it. So in other words, don't use your budget to pay. Maybe you don't even need to be doing a podcast if it's not going to be, if you don't know how to get it to earn a revenue eventually for you. So yeah. I think you have to figure out what direction to go there. But what I will say, uh, one of the things people struggle with as well is how do I keep creating so much content to feed the beast? And I'll just give people mm-hmm. a strategy. Brendan Burchard, I always love the strategy. Uh, I've used it off and on throughout the years. What Brendan Burchard does. So here's a guy that's known as the content king.
3: Love him. Mm-hmm. Brendan,
2: what he does is at the start of every week, uh, he records a one-hour video interview with his team in his studio, and then he leaves. See you, guys. You have the content for the week now. And what they do with that is they chop it up into mini clips. Mm. They put it there as a flow clip, chop it up into mini clips. They take pictures from it and make that an image quote, and they take things he said there. And like he might have said yeah. – um, uh, like I say, you know, you hear me say it all the time, doesn't matter where you start, it's what you do next. So they yeah. might take a quote like that he said and post that with an image on Facebook or on Instagram. And so what they're doing is they repurpose that one hour he gave them at the start of the week to create his entire content for the whole week.
3: Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or
4: contracts. That's stamps.com code program. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Mm, so all that's so powerful. is powerful. Dedicate one hour and have a team and then he has content for the entire week when everybody else is struggling to create content three and four times a day and, and spending that time and not able to focus on income-producing activities, so they're actually losing money because they don't have a some sort of structure to repurpose this stuff. So this I really
1: important. love that strategy. Actually, that's a good reminder for myself included because that's something I recommend with my team. I'm like, sometimes I'm just I'm very spontaneous. So if I get the download, I'm like, I'm just showing up right now and I'm just gonna riff and channel whatever needs to come through, and then I'll send it to my marketing team. Uh, I want to give them a shout out, empathy marketing, um, and they'll. Um, they will then slice and dice and repurpose into little clips too. So, um, yeah, that's a phenomenal strategy and super easy, super easy. Beautiful. So, what we're going to do is take a commercial break. I would love to hear if you're watching live what your takeaways are so far. Um, if you're on the replay and just tuning in, just see see where you're at with things in terms of getting your message out there and thinking about like what's what's really been helpful so far. Thanks, Corey. We'll come back soon.
3: Om Times TV. Imagine becoming a super influencer. Reinvent yourself, invest in your brand, and then manifest your success with a robust, spheric approach. Om Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, OM Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an OM Times Magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Om Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Om Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Om Times. Open yourself to the possibilities.
1: Are you feeling maxed out working one-on-one with clients and you're deeply desiring to scale your business for more time freedom without sacrificing your income but rather expanding it? Many of my clients who are light workers, healers, practitioners, and even coaches, they're often multi-modality, are coming to me because they are sick and tired of working with clients on a one-off session model where the clients are coming in on an as-need basis. Or if they're selling packages, they are selling them in the sense of buy five, get one free, or the greater the number of sessions, the greater the discount. The problem with this is, it's still a dollar-for-hours business model. And so that leaves a practitioner feeling, really exhausted and overwhelmed from having to put so much time, effort and energy in finding new clients that they're not operating in their most elevated self with their current clients. And so if this is you, I would love to share with you that it's time to elevate your business and scale it to sell high ticket one-on-one. Programs or even group programs. This will allow you to have more deeper impacts because you're raising your clients' results, you're scaling your business, and you're having that time freedom you deeply are yearning for. If this is resonating with you, love, I'd love to invite you to. Come on a soul business alignment call with me so that you can stop feeling like you're on this roller coaster ride and start to feel safe and stable and even having fun in your business and your finances. Please go to electrifymybusiness.com to apply and we'll hop on a call. I can't wait to connect. If I could be you. And you could be me for just one hour, if we could find a way to get inside each other's minds.
0: Walk a mile in my shoes, walk Walk a mile mile in 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 my my shoes, well before you abuse,
3: criticize and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes.
1: Hello, welcome back loves so Corey and I are in our private chat here on the live stream and uh, you were just sharing that the first podcast ever was back in 2004 and your own podcast itself was uh, 12 years ago.
2: Yeah, so that means less that podcasting is less than 20 years old. That's that's the takeaway from that. And yeah, (laughs) so I feel like I definitely was in the early phases.
1: Hmm. So in this part of our uh, last half of our show here, we want to jump a little bit more on how to find it, like actually create income with your podcast. Uh, Corey will jump more about that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, for those of you who are feeling the call to get your message out there, but Perhaps you're feeling a little shy to share your story or shy to. maybe you're not shy to speaking, but there's a story you feel called to share and perhaps it's um, feeling scary to share this part of you or this part of your story. Um, So we'll jam about that. And then also the power of speaking on stages, on summits, uh, writing your story. We're going to speak about that as well. So Corey, let's talk a little bit about um, leveraging podcasts financially. What are some of the things we need to know?
2: Well, I, I I'll, I'll skip over and leave out the sponsor side. Cause we talked about that. And I think that's the one that everybody understands, yeah. but what a lot of people don't know about the sponsor side is you have to have a tremendous amount of listeners. Like you have to have a really mm-hmm. solid sized show for people to say, here's my wallet, take my money to put me in front of your audience. And so it's, that's a, that's a long path. Um, John Lee Dumas, who I mentioned earlier, I don't know what he charges now per spot, but it's right on his website. One of the mm-hmm. things I love about John is when you go on eofire.com, he lists his entire income for every month and how he made every penny. Wow. So one of the things he used to say, now I don't, again, I have no clue what it is now, but I think his podcast uh, sponsor spots used to be like $300 a spot. I believe if I remember correctly, <laughs> meaning like if Google wants to be on entrepreneurs and fire, they would pay $300 every time their ad aired, a 30-second ad. And that might sound great when you're thinking 30 seconds, but this is a guy who had one of the biggest uh, non-fame shows in the world. So if they're paying $300 to be in his show and you only have 100 listeners an episode, chances are you're not going to get a whole lot of sponsor money. So I want to I say sponsorship, Roz, to me, that's one of those things either A, maybe you're like me where you already have worked with clients who you would want to become a sponsor or somebody like yourself who has a community. But if you're starting from scratch and don't have that, having sponsors means getting a lot of listeners. So what you need to do there is you need to have an amazing show. You need to have a show that's dialed in. And so I would say focus on that being one of those things that hopefully it comes to you after a while. So let's talk about how you can make money on podcasting if you're starting from scratch. And so really at the end of the day, and this is the hard part for people to understand, I'll tell you the first way, which is the way that I've actually I can't even calculate how much revenue I've made from podcasting, but it's substantial indirectly, ignore the sponsorship money for all those years. Indirectly, because of being able to, for example, what you talked about earlier, leverage the fact that I've interviewed Les Brown or Bob Proctor or Jack Canfield, the late Bob Proctor, um, interviewed these these icons. And now I have because of that photos with them and comments by them about my work. So there's testimonials from them. Um, now I, people listen to an episode and see me as an expert because I'm, I'm sitting there interviewing Les Brown. And so, but then, I mean, that's one thing. So that's credibility you get, but what do you do with that? So as a speaker, Roz, whenever people read my bio, they say some form of, and he's interviewed the likes of and start listing the names I've interviewed in my podcast. Well, that there's that one little thing. People pay more to have me speak because of that. They yes. actually go, okay, well, in, indirectly by saying this in his bio and in our marketing, we can, we're almost saying, never mind. They're, they're almost saying we've had, we have uh, Les Brown and Jack Canfield and stuff with us here today because we're getting the knowledge from Corey that he called from their minds. And so it's the credibility that I've been able to monetize for mm. speaking gigs, for coaching clients. I've had people that were thinking about coming with Blue Talks, doing stuff with us, and then they would see me post a picture of, say, Lisa Nichols with a quote by Lisa and they'll go, oh my God, I love Lisa, Lisa Nichols. I can't believe you interviewed her. And then an hour later, they'll reach out and say, okay, I'm going to go ahead with this. But what happened in between there? Meaning, there was a psychological thing that happened, I believe, because they're like associating me with those thought leaders and mm-hmm. went, okay, you know what? If they trusted them, I can trust them too. I'm going to sign up. Okay. And, and and then, you know, like, um, for example, I can tell you one client, uh, Tasia Valenza, uh, yes. who's an Emmy Award winning voiceover. Oh, Tasia signed up for our, our TEDx program. Well, how that happened is, I was doing interviews in LA for our show and uh, reached out to Tasia, but doing an interview with her, we got together and, and hung out and she said, Oh my gosh, I love all the people you're interviewing and et cetera, et cetera. And then she moved forward. Well, that doesn't happen without the podcast. So mm-hmm. that's the indirect way to monetize your podcast, which is basically you're leveraging uh, the stuff that happens because of the podcast on your bio, on the places where people see you. That's one thing.
1: And that's how I've been doing it as well, right? With with being able to speak at Harvard, thank you, Blue Talks, and being on uh, other, I also spoke for Fearless One, they're called One Women. So Fearless Women Summit, this woman means business. You know, even that itself feels very substantial. Uh, And then also sharing the bill with Les Brown and Jack Canfield is really huge. So it does position. And for me, uh, just so the audience knows, um, my show has supported um people in coming in building that like know and trust factor uh before hiring me so it is really uh, amazing to have a show and give lots of value and then have people you know feel like oh yeah like i, I love the the energy the frequency that Roz is putting out lines with my soul so it really is helpful for that
2: yeah, and I'll, I'll, I was just going to say, too, on that one, too, Roz, is I'll, I'll double that and say, uh, on top of them maybe listening in like they are now and saying, oh, you know, Roz really has a lot of experience, or look at the guests Roz brought on. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Then there's mm-hmm. the second part is you're working with potential clients, and you can say, oh, check out this clip I did on that with so-and-so, That's and all right. of a sudden, they're thinking of hiring you, and that clip is what pushes them over the edge. So this is all indirect, but if you're okay, I'll tell you a direct story. I, Absolutely. You might want well to answer Mm Do you want to add something there first before I go over to the
1: other Yes, you read my face, right? (laughs) Yeah, the other really cool thing is because I, first of all, love learning. So I love bringing on guests for my own personal learning and I want to have people like really share their wisdom and knowledge out there. So those of you who are watching um, and you feel called to to be a guest on my show, please let me know. You can apply and we can see if there's alignment there. Um, But what's really cool is the communities come together of the the guests are listening. And um, it's beautiful because again, if they've been following me and then they're like, Ooh, the guest could have been another person's teacher. um, And all of a sudden they feel called to potentially work with me. So it's just so beautiful uh, in this co-creation and collaboration.
2: 100%. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's unlimited the amount of ways you can leverage the show as far as that goes. And then I'll add too, I talked earlier that I have seen on Banner, which will increase the fees that you can mm-hmm. charge, even mm-hmm. if you're a coaching client. Well, and then I'll go to the direct side. But another indirect one is that being a podcast host or being a host of a show, you can now go to Roz. You can go to somebody and say, hey, I'd love to be on your show. I feel good synergy. I listen all the time. And I'd love to bring you on my show and do a podcast swap. But what so, that does is you can get on. You could get on realistically in a week or two weeks if you did reach outs. And for maybe a half hour a day, you could probably get on 20 shows. Well, then again, if you've never had an is banner, just having a podcast now allows you to get on those shows and you can have that on your site. If you don't have that stuff, you can use your own clips. And like you mm-hmm. said, it gains that credibility. So that's all indirect because what it does is it's building your credibility up in the way that in the past traditional media could only do. You would have had to go in traditional media. Now you can create this stuff on your own. But there's a more direct way that I know uh, certain people have done it. To me, it's, this has happened as happy accidents a lot, but you could actually, for ba- lack of better way of saying it, you could structure it this way. Mm-hmm. So I know a few people that what they do is they figure out who in the business world will be an ideal client for them, and then they reach out and have them on their show.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yes, that's right. Interview your ideal clients.
2: Yeah, and what happens is either uh, you could do a case study on them, so it's giving them exposure and stuff. But what happens? Why ultimately, what they're doing is they're actually hoping that that person will say, you know, what I should hire you. Like so, they're actually basically they're they're by bringing them onto the show, they're actually being interviewed. (laughs) <laughs> to be their their consultant or coach, like I know somebody that he built his entire seven figure business solely by bringing on his ideal clients on his podcast, giving them exposure, and then having either the ideal client say, "I need to work with you," or them saying, "Hey, you know, you're on the show. I learned a few things, ways I can help you. Do you mind if I send some tips?" And then they end up working together. For me, that's happened organically a lot, where I bring somebody on. We get talking about speaking. They're like, you know what? I'd love to do is a TEDx talk. I watched yours, and we're, this is in real time in the interview. I watched your TEDx, and I'd love to do that, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Can you help me do that? And it turns into like them actually saying, "Can I work with you?" Or a lot of people wouldn't see it, but it's after the show. People come on and mm-hmm. say, "You know, I want to get into speaking more, Corey. I know you have a program. Let's chat." So that's a more direct way. Again, for me, I haven't really. That's been a happy accident a lot, but there's people mm-hmm. that do that. So there's three ways just for people to know how to monetize a show. One, you can go after sponsors. Two, you can indirectly build your credibility and boost it up in front of your ideal clients that go, well, I need to hire her. Or again, use those clips and send them to clients that are thinking of hiring you. And then the third is directly say, okay, I'm going to bring my ideal clients in the show. And then that way they might hire me or people listening will now understand who my ideal client is by listening to me interviewing my ideal client. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, and then also a strategy that people have done. And I haven't done it myself, uh, and now I'm like, gotta do it. Uh, but I do do this on my Facebook Lives is client testimonials, like client interviews, so that of course people are who are watching are like, oh, I'm a mirror of this client. Like I am where they used to be before working with Rosalyn, and look at where they are now. So it instills that hope. So it's and I like those happy accents, by the way. Uh, one time I was. I was being interviewed on somebody's show and then they called me right away after the show. They're like, can I hire you? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's talk, right? So, And she is one of my favorite clients. So, um, so much fun. Um, we have some
0: questions too. Thank you for too. sharing all of this. Know.
1: We do have a few questions actually. Like That's I love fun. that we have some people asking questions live. So I'm just going to scroll back. Um, let me just see. So Michelle says, what did your podcast startup process look like, Corey, in terms of planning it out? Did you use a spider method here? So Corey teaches something which we're not going to go into detail today, but there's something called the spider method, which helps you look at how to plan your talks and your topics and things like that. So let's let's answer that question.
2: Absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me, I see uh, if you're okay with it, Roz, uh, I see Michelle has a second question. Maybe I'll answer them both at once. Is that cool? Oh,
1: sure, yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh then discussion? Yeah, so uh, the second question is just do you need permission to put those these uh, logos on your website or banner that, that I mentioned? So what my process looked like at the start is I did use the spider method. So since Michelle knows what it is, she'll understand how I used it, perhaps. Uh, like we said, we don't have time to go into what it is, but I did use it, uh, certainly. I also used it in terms of mapping out my marketing plan of what shows I want to go on to help. Because that's another thing, we, we don't have time to go into how to promote your show probably, but you know I went on to other shows to promote my shows. Most podcasters love saying, oh, and what's your show called again? And t- talking about your show at the start. So I even uh, used the spider method for deciding where I wanted to go and talk about my show. Uh, but as far as also what it looked like at the start, we did plan it out. As I mentioned, I was working with a producer. So Marco and I would actually say, okay, who do we want in the show? I'll reach out and do the interviews. And then we would have a spreadsheet. And I would literally say, okay, Marco, take this part and this part and use that clip in between there. So it was very, very um, formal at the time when I first started, Michelle. And then uh, as far as the, um, like we talked about, if I did the interview, then I would just send Marco the MP3 clip. Um, Then we started using Libsyn and I told you how that process worked. So it was very formal. The one other thing that I did early on that I would never do in a million years now is I actually came in with the same... 15 questions or 10 or 12 questions. I made mm-hmm. sure they were really deep questions. Like they weren't just like, Hey, um, uh, how many years have you been in business? Like they were deep. Like, you know, what do you, what do you want your legacy to be? And how are you making sure it's going to happen? Like they were mm-hmm. deep questions. But Michelle, I did have a standard list of questions when I started, cause I was nervous about just freeforming it. But once I got comfortable with free forming, maybe a year and a half in the questions went out the window. And I think I've maybe used them on two interviews cause I was forced to since. So, when I first started, I did have a list of questions. I did have spreadsheets we used to map of who was going to be on each show. Uh, we did, like I say, use blog talk radio at the time. So we uploaded the show um, with MP3s. I mean, yeah, it was very formal. Today, it's very informal. Uh, I so love what you
1: just shared. Actually, I want to point that out as a strategy for people who are scared to share their message. Is, you know, like, what are the questions that people often ask you? that would be valuable to share um and then plot that out so like you were even saying you were more of the whole so uh you know you had standard structure in terms of the questions i'm kind of laughing i'm like you did (laughs) just knowing you now i'm like oh that's so good to know that's where you came from and that you know as he got more confident that didn't really that's not really a thing. And actually, when I think back to when I first started to what two and a half, two years ago, um, I was also very like, Oh, I gotta say this, I gotta say this. you know, and I wrote that down everything, if it was a solo episode. And I'm like, now I'm just like, yeah, let me just channel it. So yeah, you know, I'll make sure I hit these. Like, it's Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> well, and, so you know, I'll, I'll so- also, again, just to, if you're okay with it, I'll just to build on what you just said there as well. Um, there's something that I've, uh, years ago a guy named Mike Koenigs did which I love which is uh he talks about you should write you should write down to answer now he was talking it in a different context he was talking oh. about create 20 videos 10 of them should be your frequently asked questions so you actually say here's what I get asked all the time and you do 10 separate videos answering a different question but here's the interesting part where you can also do Roz and this is next level for people this is a hack that's one step above is then do your should ask questions So these Mm -hmm. are SAQs. What should you be asking me? So people always ask me, how do you get paid to speak? But what they really should be asking me is this. And so what you do now is you actually get, you ask the questions of what people should ask you and you wish they did ask. And that's Mm -hmm. going next level because you might get the same question all the time, but you might not get the question that everybody should be asking that they don't know to ask. So anyway, just. That's very powerful.
1: Oh my gosh. We, well, and of course, you're going to be back on my show. So we'll have to talk about, um, you know, how to promote your show next time you're back. But let's talk in the next few minutes here about, um, you know, maybe again, podcasting isn't a thing. But like, you know, one way and promote your business is get on other people's podcasts. Uh, And then, of course, Corey, I want to like celebrate you and Blue Talks and birthing this baby out into the world. Like it's been incredible. Incredible watching you uh come up with this idea, birth it, and then like what it's come to be now. Five books, almost six, all bestsellers, um, branded talks across North America. Just I'm so proud of you, and I'm so proud of to be part of this community. I mean, it's so beautiful to see uh some of our beautiful members here, a part of Blue Talks. Um, I say it like it's part of my baby. Well, it is in some ways, I think. it's not. I feel like I'm so like part of it because I've been part of this journey. Um, And, you know, it really is near and dear to my own heart just watching you, witnessing you, and we've become really good friends over the last, like, oh my gosh, how long have we known each other? Five, six, five years now? So it's been incredible. I mean, Corey's probably one of my business besties for sure. We jam about things behind the scenes support each other um so then in terms of i really want to promote blue talks here you know you guys if you you can see um how much i love it because the community because it's getting your message out there you're allowed to speak about spirituality unlike tedx um (laughs) this is why blue talks got uh birthed into the world um how can people Get connected with you in terms of getting, like, how do they know if this is for them?
2: I mean, that's that's a really good question, and that's a should ask question, Ross, <laughs> What I just talked to him in a minute—that's a should ask question versus when I get asked. So, you know, the question I get asked all the time is, "How do I learn more? How do I speak on a blue Talk stage?" Mm-hmm. Which, between you and I and everybody listening, uh, I'm just now discussing uh, with Toronto universities about going back to Toronto in the fall as well. And Absolutely. so, one one thing is, people should ask is, "How do I know if I'm a good fit?" Because how do you get involved? Really, at the end of the day, this is changing because we want to get me fired. As you heard me talk about Mm -hmm. this past couple weeks, I want to be the DJ only, not the person that has to, you have to come to for everything. But so as far as how do you learn more for now, and as we change that, you just reach out to me and say, hey, am I a good fit? And let's talk about it. But in terms of how do you know if you're a good fit? First of all, People ask me, "How do you how do you vet me to make sure I'm a good uh, fit on your stage?" Whenever, let's say, Rosalind sends them my way. Well, first I would say, if Rosalind sends you my sends you my way, and says, "Corey, you got to meet my good friend so and so," then you're a good fit. So people ask me about vetting. Well, I don't vet, and this kind of sounds strange. I don't vet people when they're referred to me by other Blue Talks people. So my thing is like attracts likes. And by the way, out of right. almost 400 people, that has not failed us yet once. So first of all, if you are aligned with all the people that you're seeing as part of Blue Talks, if you look on your mutual friends list on Facebook and you have 25 people that are a part of Blue Talks, then chances are you it is for you. But in terms of how do you know that, let's say you're just discovering it for the first time today and you don't know anybody that's a part of the Blue Talks, I would say this. You summarized it really good at the first Blue Talks. Uh, is really like TEDx and chicken soup meet each other. But what I would say is the BLU stands for business life universe. And Mm -hmm. so what we're trying to do is we're trying to merge those three things. So we might have somebody on our stage talk about their life story. Somebody might share a business message and somebody might share a story about synchronicity. And so Mm -hmm. I would say if you're heart-based, if you're uh, somebody who loves to help create impact, if you're somebody who has this life story that you know is inspiring other people, because when you ask people, uh, share your story or talk with uh, it to other people they get goosebumps or they start crying then chances are you're a good fit so I would say really if you're heart-based if you're and you don't have to be spiritual but if you're heart-based you're spiritual you're a solopreneur chances are those are some of the ingredients of a good blue talks speaker mm,
1: yeah beautiful and then we see Ann Miles here hello hello and like I'm obsessed with this community yes <laughs> and bluetox is so incredible and as well as all the other offerings Corey just had a three-day speakers boot camp where i had the honor to speak as well as be one of the coaches that people could book in laser coaching calls with and that was so much fun and that's happening again in october and tickets are on sale right now as well right Corey? yeah
2: uh 97 bucks canadian and oh my- only, And we're doing a two for one right now. We had stalled it, Woo! but I decided to put it back in place because we announced that Ken Honda is going to be joining us again. And I want, yes. because he was the new speaker added, I want to do the two for one. Uh, what I will say, Roz, to that point, this circles all back. I like, I like when things circle back. So this is a callback mm-hmm. to earlier. Um, the other side is when we talk about how do you leverage or monetize your podcast? Well, that boot camp. You know, so now the ne- next one coming up, we're bringing on James Redfield, who wrote The Celestine Prophecy, Ken Honda, who's a Mind Valley instructor, and everybody loves Ken. Um, those two people, they don't get on my show without my podcast. So Powerful. that's just a full circle. They are, um, they are in my network because of the podcast as well. So it just keeps on giving
1: powerful beautiful and so in this last minute those of you again it's in the show notes but cory is c-o-r-e-y-p-o-i-r-i-e-r uh on in, sorry on facebook on instagram it's that speaker guy um and your website is that speaker so you guys can go check Corey out thank you so much cory i'm just gonna leave this with a light language so i'm gonna invite everyone just to breathe in and just activating your power to speak your message out there in the world Morakia, kia sira ko ratinira kia moru ko expanding 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 mota ko ratia sar ko breathing in and out Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, my loves, for being here. Do share this episode. I love Blue Talks to Me. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Please share this on Facebook. Please share this on Instagram. We really appreciate you all. And thank you so much, Corey,
2: for being here. Love you. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.